to District Divided, a DC sports podcast, more specifically a Washington Commanders podcast. I am Amit. That is KDOT. Today's episode focused on the offensive coordinator position. We're just going to provide an update on what the commanders have been doing over there, who they've been interviewing, and then we're going to transition to who we would like as the offensive coordinator. We're going to play a game called Play GM. So we're each going to be the general manager of the Washington Commanders. Which offensive coordinator would we hire and which quarterback would we start for the following season? So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Then we jump into the divisional round picks that we made, recap those, and then make our NFC and AFC championship picks respectively. We then jump into the comment mailbag as we always do and the after the pod. But first, as we always begin, KDOT, how are you doing? I'm doing well, although I just think I heard my neighbor who's putting a new bathroom in. No, I was wondering what your something. facial expression was. <laughs> I was hoping that Mike didn't pick it up, so I'll mute it real quick. Yeah. But um, they've been it's been fucking loud all goddamn week. Then finally this morning, I'm having peace. And then I just heard that, and I'm like, it's only like somebody saying a sawzall to a bathtub. Like, it makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> What's happening? Right? I, and here I thought I was explaining play GM wrong. I was like, I feel like this is what we no, talked no, about. I just, I just freaked out a little bit because houses connected and live in row house it's a whole thing yeah Yeah. all right well hey why don't we good happy to hear it why don't we go ahead and jump on into it the offensive coordinator update honestly there's not a whole lot there um we are going to be interviewing anthony lynn who is the assistant head coach for the san francisco 49ers has been a head coach in the league with the chargers um and is also a greg roman disciple he has spent time with greg roman so we've mentioned greg roman as a possibility at offensive coordinator well how about the guy that's worked with him that also likes to run the ball that also likes to be physical so we're going to be interviewing him but of course the 49ers are currently in the middle of their run in the postseason um and then we interviewed Thomas Brown, who is the Rams, I believe, tight ends coach and also assistant head coach. I feel like everyone's an assistant head coach these days, but maybe not giving it to a lot of people. They are giving it to a lot of people, aren't they? But uh, a lot of people have raved about Thomas Brown, both locally as well as nationally. He's also the youngest candidate that we are interviewing. Uh, He's only 36 years old, which is kind of cool. We talk about young offensive minds. At least I have. Pretty exciting. Uh, Kata, what do you make of the offensive coordinator updates so far? And then I guess if you want to answer, who do you think the favorite is at this moment? Um, so I, I I love it, right? So like in the sense of see, so out Scott Turner, yeah. however you feel about Scott Turner, he's gone. Um, it looks like they're doing their due diligence and bringing in a wide plethora of different kind of candidates in here to see what's what. Now, what will make me upset is if they do all this just to upgrade Ken. <laughs> so the offense that's court, where my money is by the which way. is still what it feels like they're yeah. doing right it always feels as though they're kicking the tires on everything just to make the it's almost to satiate the fan base it feels like sometimes um i i want to hope that they're actually doing the due diligence is this similar to when the we tried with the quarterback stuff hey man we try to go get patrick mahomes aaron Rodgers, like every, <laughs> like it, we, we tried everything and this is what happened now while i believe that 
because I do think that they that we heard they did try to make some phone calls other places they were rebuffed immediately and a lot of people didn't want to come here but people are accepting the job interviews for the most part I mean other than um what's his name I I forget the uh, the offense coordinator that we tried to interview and he, no Caldwell was it Caldwell Caldwell Jim said Caldwell. no he wants to go for head coaching he wants to go for head coach yeah. so it, it like you you're in a position where a lot of coaches could say absolutely not I'm just not even going to make the trip there are a lot of people making the trip. Which is um, which is cool. It's cool that in Washington, it is a rarity. It feels like that we have coaches or offense coordinators or anything that are willing to even walk through the doors. So it just makes me feel even better about changes are on the horizon. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just a such a wide berth of guys that they're bringing in here. It's 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 dope. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it, it is super cool, and it is a wide range of people. So like other people, we have interviewed we just didn't mention right at this moment so there's pat Shermer, there's eric studsville there's charles london uh and just real quick pat Shermer did not coach this past season um but he is an offensive mind in the league eric studsville is a i believe he's also an assistant head coach also running backs coach for the miami dolphins he's my favorite he's your favorite eric studsville so, so that's the thing is like if you look at the candidates that we just interviewed talk Brown is probably the most exciting. I just mm-hmm. don't think the situation itself is right for him. Um, okay. Like if I'm him, I don't take this gig just yet. Because uh, I, I think that like if it crashes and burns because they don't, we don't have the right quarterback in place, maybe Sam Howell is not the guy. Sure. And you have a head coach that might be a lame duck. Where does that put you? It's almost like a, a wasted year can be to a certain degree. You mm-hmm. need somebody that doesn't need this necessarily to build the resume. Right. Um, so it, it's just a very weird situation. And I want the best for him because you hear a lot of amazing things. Of course. And as far as position coaches go, I, I heard somebody uh, talk about this on uh, Twitter, not the other day, and it made total sense. Tight end might be the best position coach to hire for offensive coordinator head coach. across. What was the argument there? The argument is that when it comes to tight end, not only do they have to know all of the receiving concepts, when it comes to the passing game, they also need the blocking concepts. Okay. So if you got like a running backs coach, they might not know both those things and not necessarily as involved in receiving it. On defense, you're not really sure what's happening on offense, right? So it's yeah. like, as far as the position it does the most, as far as what to do with what the offense is going to do and knowing everything about it, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And for him to have that role and also Sean McVay handpicking him and saying, you're going to be my assistant head coach, speaks volumes to what it is I think his – uh, abilities might be going forward. I'd love to see him get a couple years of offense coordinator experience, and sure. that's a guy I'd like to see maybe back here in Washington as a head coach one day. Sure, sure. Okay, no, I like the call over there. Um, And then there's also, just real quick, we had mentioned Charles London. He's the quarterback's coach for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, So the this is basically the update uh, without adding any additional fluff to it. Um, so we're going to see what happens over there. Why don't we go ahead and just go ahead and play GM in that case, right? So we're already mentioning, hey, this is kind of who I'd like. This is uh, what I would do. So again, the question here, KDOT, is you are allowed to, you are the general manager of the Washington Commanders, and you are allowed to pick your offensive coordinator. You're also allowed to pick your quarterback, okay? And so here's how this is going to go. You are also keeping in mind resources for the future because you are a general manager. So if you want to bring in a Lamar Jackson, for example, if you want to bring in an Aaron Rodgers, whomever it may be, right? If you think uh, Tua is available and you believe he's never going to get another concussion in his life, by all means, do what you want to do. Um, I, if you were to make a trade, 
am able to be the other GM and we could either negotiate or I could just say, no, that's stupid. Or yes, love the offer. So go ahead. The floor is yours. We want ideal offensive coordinator hire for you. And then what quarterback you want starting week one this coming season for the commanders. Okay. So uh, if there's an offense coordinator that I want right now, it's a guy that we haven't interviewed just yet. He hasn't been available to interview just yet because he is the quarterback's coach in Philadelphia. And his name is Brian Johnson. Now this is a guy who uh, has worked and done wonders. I think with Jalen hurts, as far as what he's been able to do on the ground and also pass it through the air. Like we're going to talk about what happened with our playoff predictions last week. But uh, Jalen Hurts has shown, even though he didn't have to do a whole lot of it, I can mm-hmm. throw on your ass. And uh, it, as far as offensive that have been extremely fun to watch, um, it, Philadelphia has absolutely been that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Nick Sirianni, um is a, more of a defensive mind if I'm not mistaken, right? So if you're looking at that aspect of it, is he? Or am I getting I think of- he's – I thought he was more offensive. Let me double check for you. Yeah. I want to say he was an OC. No, he was an OC. He was definitely an OC. But they, yeah, he was definitely an OC. I, don't, yeah. I know who I'm, I know who I'm thinking about now. Yep. It's definitely an OC. But uh, the idea that you have the head coach, you have the offense coordinator, you have the quarterback's coach, there's, mm-hmm. as far as any other position coach, that's extremely important, probably more even important than tight end as much that's diversified. The most important is quarterback because he's working with quarterbacks. So a guy that's been in the quarterback room, been there in Philadelphia with an offense has been an absolute juggernaut. They've Would had be a division amazing higher. Be, be awesome to kind of put somebody away from Philadelphia. Um, it, it be They've had a really good running game when they've decided to run, and the passing game has looked stellar, especially with the weapons they have. I think it could be really, really fun to have a guy like that um, here in Washington. And also knowing that, like, hey, um, you're a guy that has uh, pedigree to a certain mm-hmm. degree, this is the next natural step for you in your progression is uh, in, in trying to make it. And um, unlike Brown, who has like no experience in the sense of um, play calling or anything like this, I have right. heard Brian Johnson has been involved in that okay. um, to some degree. So I, I, I like that. I like that as far as the hire. Okay. And what about your quarterback in that case? Thomas Brady. Now. All right. <laughs> now, how are you pulling that off? I am pulling it off because we're reaching an amazing time in Washington mm-hmm. where ownership is changing. So one thing that you can do knowing Tom Brady wanted to be in Miami is offer him percentage points on the fucking package. If you want to be a uh, five to 10% owner of a storied franchise. Are here you allowed in Washington, to do that as GM? And we're going to do it in Miami for him. <laughs> All right. I feel like Ross was probably. I feel like the owner gets to throw. Yeah, that yeah. In. the owners get the, the the owner will figure out that this is what the. Not gonna happen. lie though, it's power Tom move Brady. as K dot GM. I love it. Keep K dot GM is fucking making it happen. Okay, perfect. It's, Tom, you're getting no five to ten percent. GM here. Right. It is what it is. Because here's the thing. I actually might think Dan Snyder might consider like, oh, well, I mean, changing hands to Tom Brady. I guess that's okay. That's not. This is, this could be worse, you know. I, I, heard, I mean, the, the valuation at seven billion dollars, ten percent, seven hundred million that you're just giving the guy to play. I mean, now, is it incentive steps. based? Is steps. it incentive based? The percentage? No, no, points? more of a time thing, right? More than okay. it, more than anything else. It's not handing him seven hundred million dollars. Like there stocks go. that can get bested. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm saying upward. Sorry, it can get up to that point after a certain amount of years go by. So it's a slow roll for whoever the new owner. Right? Okay, okay. And dance Snyder, just throw that in the package. Whatever. We'll we'll talk about it. Otherwise, uh, I I got some more emails on the server. If I'm the GM, that uh, 
Congress might want so to take we, a look at. So, so I just want to quickly just point out something. So you have 35-year-old Brian Johnson, by the way, exciting exciting talent over there. And you've got, how old is Brady now? 46, 47? So you've got yeah, a guy like that. that's 10, 11 years younger mm-hmm. than the QB. And this is going to be his first time officially calling plays for the GOAT. Yes. I love it. Please it's amazing because I, I just think that you got Tom in there right now. While I do, I, I have my criticisms of Tom in Tampa Bay where I think that he needs somebody to be able to check his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Bruce Arians was. It was never the offensive coordinator. It was that And that's coach. why Bruce Arians was gone. And that's why Bruce Arians is gone. And they miss Bruce Arians this year. Yes, they do. And they also miss Antonio Brown. But the uh, – <laughs> sadly. We all miss Antonio Brown. I don't. So the uh, – <laughs> Couldn't, couldn't tell the sarcasm. As we did my fucking <laughs> eyes on a Snapchat last week. Fuck oh, him. Dude, this so, guy's crazy. Anyway, go ahead. Let's not digress. Yeah, fuck that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just think Ron Rivera, still stoic presence, can lay down the law. Okay. Um, You get a Tom Brady in. It means you got offensive linemen that might want to show up to block for the GOAT. Uh, so it helps you as far as in free agency. And outside mm-hmm. of that, Gronk apparently is already bored and thinking about making a comeback next year. I think we need a tight end. Why not the GOAT? So, okay. like, at the end of the day, it's all GOAT status. And it, more than anything, you have a fifth-round quarterback in Sam Howell that mm-hmm. had one start. It looked good. And what is better than to learn from the greatest to ever play for another season? Just okay. chill there on the sideline. Hold that clipboard. Help out Brian Johnson and call some of them played for good old Mr. Brady. Tell you what, uh, now I would like you to put a percentage probability on this occurring. 0.001%. I absolutely love that one at the very end. <laughs> yes, it'll, it'll definitely be Sam Howell and Ken Zampes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably where, once again, smart money is. I think we are just interviewing around, but the turmoil around the team when the ownership makes it such that it's not nearly as appealing. You look at the offensive pieces, right? I mean, Brian Robinson, who, by the way, how he's not even a nominee for comeback player of the year is insane to me. Um, he got Doesn't shot. Work that way. I know, but he got shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. But it's, you know, he had played work. it down before, so what is he coming right. back from being shot? Anyway, so we're going to go ahead and just move aside. But Brian Robinson. Maybe they do a miraculous return award. Oh, I mean, hands down. Yeah, that's Hands Hamlin. down. Um, or, oh, is Hamlin going to give him a run for it? Well, if he comes back. Well, no, he's got to come back. This is going to sound fucked up, but Hamlet didn't play it down yet. You know, post. Maybe next year. Okay. We're interesting. We're we're entering very interesting territory. Listen, listen, I'm happy. You did this. You did this. I just want to be very clear. You did this. Anyway, all right. So, (laughs) Terry McLaurin, John Johnson, (laughs) Curtis Samuel. We've got some pieces on offense that are fun. And, and you saw the skill positions do some really exciting things. So it's appealing from that perspective, but you got to look at the bigger picture and that's tough. Um, okay. So you have Brian Johnson, uh, current quarterbacks coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, 35 years of age. Now, you know me, I like a young offensive like mind young. in the building. We talked about this. I've... Young supple. Uh, we got Tom Brady as your quarterback. All right. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm sticking with uh, Thomas Brown. I don't know how I'm getting through this right now. Thomas Brown, because the thing, uh, just a little. think about that Brian Johnson? So the thing is. think about Brian Johnson? I actually picked (laughs) someone older by one year. You. Thank you if you're still listening to this. Just just to be clear. (laughs) I'm not talking to you, kid. I'm talking to the rest of you that are still on. Um, If any. So here's the deal. I would take Thomas Brown because for me, he's in the McVeigh tree officially 
he does not call the plays. And for that reason, I think getting the opportunity to do so at such a young age, right, I think could appeal to him. So despite the turmoil around, he may look at it as an opportunity of, I feel confident in myself. I feel like I can get this done. Uh, You talk to people around Thomas Brown. He seems interested, like genuinely interested in this opportunity. Uh, And then you hear from local people, hey, we like the idea of Thomas Brown. So there is mutual interest, in my opinion, just based on what we're hearing. I would love to give him an opportunity. A young guy looking to prove himself and whatever you believe about the assistant head coach role, like to your point, he was chosen by Sean McVay to be that. So Mm -hmm. I would take him. You talk about running the ball. He is a tight ends coach, but he's also a former running back. You look at that. Okay. Um, And then I'm just, it's a boring pick, but I'm going Sam Howell. I want to see a full year of him. And I'm also choosing Sam Howell because I'm not giving up future resources. That is the one thing I'm not doing. Right. Right. I want to keep as many picks as possible. I want to be able to use that money that salary cap money towards other positions to help Thomas Brown out, to help Sam Howell out, to see what we can bring over here, right? Because if Thomas Brown wouldn't be coming here for one year, he would want to be here for longer. Um, and I think he would get a genuine opportunity to do so with a young guy who wants to prove himself in Sam Howell and is going to listen, right? When I, when I hear the Brian Johnson, Tom Brady thing, I think it's a, I think it's quite the idea, but I'm also thinking, Tom Brady, you talk about, um, who he is, the likelihood that he listens to anything Brian Johnson's going to say, I'm, I would genuinely be worried about that, right? It's purely hypothetical, I understand. Um, but that's what I would do. I would go Thomas Brown, and he'll land on his feet no matter what, because he can always just say, I was in Washington in one of the most ridiculous years of all time in league history. And they'll be like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, you know, it's he's not going to lose respect over one year at this job, even if it doesn't go well. So I go Thomas Brown, I go Sam Howell. Those are my picks. What do you think? No, I think that's you make very, very sound um, arguments. Uh, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, I just, I, I fall. I loved your answer, ready. by the way. Yeah, yeah. But um, the, the like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of offense coordinators that excite me as far as being here in Washington. Some of the young guys, right? Um, Brown, like I said, he's probably one of my favorite guys out of that bunch. You look at some of the guys that are uh, that are still in the playoffs, like a Brian Johnson. You look at mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Slowick in um, the the passing game coordinator in San Francisco. He'd be awesome. Um, both those guys, I think, are under forty years old. So mm-hmm. you you when you look at that and you're like, oh man, those are really exciting things. But it's just the weirdness of this particular situation yeah. we find ourselves with the ownership change with Ron Rivera. Um, it's you say, so even when I say like the Tom Brady thing, it's about, hey, what are you doing that you don't have to give up assets that hamper you in the future? It's the right. only reason Tom's on my list is he's a free agent. So like Fair um, enough. nobody that you need to trade for. Um, I, I don't I like everybody talks about Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar Jackson. I absolutely I live in Baltimore. I adore Lamar Jackson. But um, what you would have to give up to go get him for an unsure situation and a court and a offensive exactly. system probably going to have to change. How many years are you talking about pushing the can down the road before you're actually looking at something really competitive? It's so well said because no one's denying the talent of Lamar Jackson, right? So like right. when we say we don't want it, it's not that we don't actually like, it's just, we want a stable situation for him to come to and for right. us to have confidence in that system until then 
you know, if this regime makes the move and then they're gone after a year, that looks like absolute shit. It's just one of those situations where you need stability around a franchise piece like that. Simple. Um, should we just go ahead and jump over to the divisional pick recap? Yeah, and the championship picks. All right. Uh, so last week, KDOT, you picked Kansas City, initially Philly, switched to the Giants after some convincing from this guy. Yep. Uh, the 49ers and the Buffalo Bills. So you finished two and two. I had all the same picks as you, except I had Cincinnati over Buffalo, finished three and one. So I've got a two game lead on you with three games to go. So would you <laughs> would you like me to go first this time so you could just counter each pick? Because I'll tell you what, KDOT, I feel extremely confident in my two picks. Here. I don't give a fuck what you pick. I'm not changing my picks. So go ahead. Are you sure? Okay. I'm, yeah. It's not, well, so gonna... we'll begin with the NFC. Um, and I know my record for the overall year is stellar. So I don't give a shit. Okay. Yeah, but, good. Well, well, and fucking Buffalo's broken. Fucking bullshit. Well, you ever notice Buffalo's going backwards? Have you noticed the Buffalo's going back? Oh, big time. I talked to I talked to Bernal about this. River AFC Helmet Championship at. loss. Then last year they lose on the road in the AFC division round. Now they lose at home in the AFC division round. So wild card bounce next year. McDermott and Allen have been together for five years now. Yep. And it's going backwards, like you're saying. Um, and Bernal had a very interesting theory where he goes, you want to be a six or seven seed and make a little bit of a run. And that allows you to become a juggernaut over time. If you just have a great regular season and you get in, but you don't really do anything in the playoffs, it's not as valuable. It, it was a bit of an interesting right. conversation. That's something we could maybe talk about either after the yeah, pod or on another episode. That. There is some nuance with that, but I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I found myself agreeing with that take. Um, San Francisco on the road. I am taking them. And I think it is to me a very obvious pick. I understand it's Brock Purdy on the road. Yes, he hasn't lost a game, but also you can understand a rookie in that type of environment folding and crumbling under the pressure. Love the offensive system in San Francisco, but that's not the reason I'm picking them because Philadelphia has a good defense. The reason I'm picking them is because they can stop the run and they have the most athletic linebacking core in the league. So when you talk about Jalen Hurts being able to use his legs and the Eagles very smartly using his legs and limiting the number of throws last week, well, this week, it's going to be interesting because Jalen will have to throw, in my opinion. And I think San Francisco is going to make that a little bit difficult for him. Yes, he has A.J. Brown. Yes, he has Devontae Smith. But I think that's going to be difficult for him. Additionally, San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan's own running scheme. We talk about it. It's effective. The Eagles are going to have to stop that. They're going to have to. I'm not sure they can play action off of that. Give me San Francisco on the road. Your pick. I'm also taking San Francisco. Um, uh, a lot of some, a lot of the same reasons you're saying. Now, what's Philadelphia beat the Avalanche out of New York last week? Yes, they did. In a game that I knew I shouldn't have went that way with it. Um, because I don't the know Giants, why I'm smiling. I fucking got the, another pick too. <laughs> the Gi- <laughs> you had another pick, so it worked out for you, you asshole. It the, did. Uh, <laughs> look, the 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 Eagles mollywopped the shit out of the Giants. But if you really look at the Giants. They've had feel-good times, but it was like, they, all right, oh, now we're playing a good team, and this is what happens to us. Because you look at, like, the game between them and Minnesota was a game of two teams that weren't really up to snuff with the upper echelon of the rest yeah. of the league, um, with the rest of the conference. So um, that's where you saw, you saw just an outclassing, right? Um, yes, we did. Now, I, 
I don't the, the discrepancy between Philadelphia's talent and San Francisco talent is not that. I will give credit though. Jalen Hurts looked fucking good. Now yes, he didn't he did. have to throw a whole lot in that game because they, they were up so fucking big so early. They were just kind of coasting. If you look at the rushing numbers, they were insane. But like you said, it's harder to run against this San Francisco defense. And but my biggest thing about it, Brock Purdy had arguably his worst game last week. Um, and they still mm-hmm. were able to overcome it. And what I don't really expect to see happen is back-to-back bad Brock Purdy games wow. under a Kyle Shanahan-led okay. team. So yeah. while I he doesn't necessarily need to light up the scoreboard, right? But mm-hmm. I don't see him having the perform. I see him throwing for a touchdown, right? So I I, I, yeah. I see him looking better than he did last week because Kyle Shanahan is going to make sure he's prepared to do so. Um, so th- that's why I go with it. I just think. San Francisco, we've seen them be able to beat somebody, a damn good team. They beat, they beat mm-hmm. with a with a subpar Purdy game, and Correct. they survived it. So I completely agree. Um, and then you see how the 49ers made Dak look. Uh, there's just something, and the run game wasn't there. I think Prescott either led them in rushing or was second, and I think maybe one Zeke run near the end put him over. Uh, which real quick shout out to the Dallas Cowboys for one of the best plays of the year, putting Zeke under center and then throwing it to Turbin who gets tackled immediately as Zeke gets pancaked. Dallas, it was a beautiful Dallas thing. Shit, it man. was a Dallas beautiful thing. We could probably Dallas do a whole shit. episode on that play alone. That was, that was incredible. So fun. It was incredible. It was so absolutely fun. incredible. It was Isn't it out of a timeout? I don't even remember. Yeah, they it had time to prep the, for it. It was, it was their was first so... play. Yeah. And you just know they were talking on the sidelines. They're like, we're going to do it. This is the play. Hilarious. It's um, fucking terrible. But I will say this. If yes, I would not be surprised by either outcome in this game. I I actually wouldn't be surprised by any outcome in this I, game. I was gonna say I wouldn't be surprised by any outcome in both these games because the point spreads are also small. So yes. the 49ers are two and a half point underdogs. I feel supremely confident in them straight up, but I the Eagles are the one seed for a reason. But I can totally, if you gave me the narrative that, hey, Brock Purdy starts out not looking great, Philadelphia gets off to a fast start because of field position working in their favor. They're up 14 nothing. San yeah. Francisco has to get away from their rushing attack, and now they're throwing all over the place. Philadelphia goes up another score. San Francisco can't get right. Two touchdown win by Philadelphia. I can totally buy it. And there, I think Shanahan in that situation, let's say they go up 14 nothing early, smart enough to stick to the run. I, I, I think... I think this is where he goes. No, there is no way we're winning if we're just dropping back with Purdy. Philadelphia's so, defense is good. No, it's really good. Really I love good. their secondary. Um, but anyway, so that's that pick. Uh, do you want me to lead the AFC as well? I feel like I know where you're going with this. So, uh, yeah, go you? ahead. You, you go. I, I, you want? I can lead. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not changing my pick. Although right, I'm not, the- I'm not nearly as confident about it. Okay, well, then I'll go since I'm, once again, supremely confident about this pick. I'm going to parlay this, by the way. Um, I think it's clear as day. I don't care if Mahomes' ankle was 100% healthy. Yeah, yeah, it was happening. The Cincinnati Bengals, not only is Joe Burrow, has he proven that he is a top two QB? I think he is the best quarterback right now, Uh, just in terms of how he's playing the position. That's one. Two, that pass defense based on average passer rating allowed, number one in the league. It's not something you would expect to hear, but Cincinnati's pass defense is legitimately good. It's not good. It's the best based on that statistic. Um, They're also pretty decent against the run as well. I think it's an unheralded group on the other side 
where you just don't have a lot of star power necessarily with their names. But I love Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, 3-0 and against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in his career. There's just something about the bright lights with this guy that you can't shake. Give me Cincinnati on the road, and I'm very confident in this. I totally understand. Um, all those okay, things perfect. that you said were completely true. I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so, look, I, I want to – I like. Joe Burrow is turning in. I mean, I've been saying this ever since LSU. He was my guy, right? I've been a huge Joe Burrow guy. And I um, wasn't. Yeah, I, I, I will. I, I will let you know. About, yeah. I could not be more wrong about Joe Burrow. He's was, phenomenal. I love yeah. Joe Burrow. Just the, yes, the, the to me, it's the 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 confidence level, um, which speaks to something I'll get to in just a second. But um, I want to I want to address the first the, the one of the things you said that I need to make sure that I'm I'm out of here saying mm-hmm. Lou Anarumo. I think is his name, the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati Bengals, is doing the best job in the National Football League as a defense coordinator this year. And I I say that knowing what it means. The talent level that they have on defense isn't bad at all. They've got talented guys on defense. But the thing is is that there is no single iota of selfishness on that defense at all. If you look at the All-22 on what they do defensively, it changes completely depending on who they're playing quarterback wise. It is a, this is what we're doing for this game. I'm going to coach you guys up for this game. This is what we're going to do for these guys. One high save two, whatever we're going to blitz here. We're not the thing that they do amazingly against Patrick Mahomes is they only, a lot of times they bring only three guys in pass rush. What they usually do is they bring three, they drop one of the defensive linemen back a little bit in the zone, and they just watch the quarterback. And it's like Mahomes with enough time starts yeah. run, and then he tries to get the home run because you know he don't like checking down. And then all of a sudden he's run out of time, nobody's open, it's, all, it's game over. Now sometimes when he's able to move around a bit, he, he hits those strikes against Cincinnati. But as you even mentioned, his mobility because the high ankle sprain is not looking good. It's just not looking good. Joe Burrow on offense, that coolness, right? Yeah. They have been throwing – Cincinnati has been talking shit this whole fucking week leading up to this game. They're talking shit. What are they calling calling Kansas City? Uh, They have some Joe Burrow nickname or whatever for what it is because he owns them now. Um, (laughs) It's like 3-0. Kansas City seeing all of it. They're being asked, what do you think about Cincinnati saying all that shit? But it doesn't feel like hollow trash talk. It feels like No, they backed it up even against Buffalo. It feels Joe Namath. I'm calling my shot, right? It's the that's what it feels like. They got a swag and an energy that is insane. And for those reasons, I'm making the wrong choice and still picking the (laughs) Kansas City Chiefs. Now, look, I saw the training, I saw the practice video of Patrick Mahomes running around and stuff, not doing anything to really test the fucking ankle. If you sure. know what an ankle injury is like, no side-to-side motion. When, when the rest of the team is doing the drills, it will really test that ankle out. He's running off on the side of the side, doing something else, right? So, yeah, he's not 100%. Not at all. But I still think there is nobody in the National Football League better than Patrick Mahomes. And I do mm-hmm. think that all this shit that's being talked about him right now this season overall has been a, I'm going to prove you motherfuckers wrong. You thought I needed Tyreek Hill and I wouldn't be able to do without him. I had my best fucking season as a passer without mm-hmm. him. 
And the other thing that is a, a, a huge factor in it is when you look at when Cincinnati played them last time, you look at the last times that they've, they've had to match up, the running attack for Kansas City has been pretty much non-existent. Isaiah Pacheco is my fucking guy. He's when a dog. You saw that run. He's a beast. Yeah. My thing is I'm looking for Pacheco this game is what I'm looking at. I think that there is a fundamental difference in what it is that Kansas City's looking to do. You give Andy Reid enough time to think about it. You have mm-hmm. Andy Reid that already played these guys early in the season saying, okay, okay, motherfuckers, I, I got you. And listen, I actually, I love where you're coming from. And I agree with a lot of this too. For me, you're looking at Pacheco. I'm looking at Chris Jones, you know, first team all pro. I need him to have a huge game to see Kansas City win. Because my thing is, I don't think Kansas City can stop Cincinnati at all. I think that Cincinnati can stop Kansas City once. And I think once is enough, considering the other side can't be stopped in current form. That's where I'm coming from. I see what you're saying, and I'm so curious to see how this goes because here's the other thing. The last time, wasn't it 21 to 3, Kansas City? And they had that tackle just before halftime. Um, I think, I think right. it was the championship game. There's no, they're not going to get rattled if they go down early. They've already done it in Kansas City. So for me, it's just that Joe Namath cool, that swagger that Cincinnati has right now. This is a this is a very real team. They're here to stay for a long time, provided Burrow stays healthy. The the only other part that I will mention here on this is the Kansas Cincinnati is dealing with major, major, major injuries on their offensive line. Yes, they are told this year. Um, now they knew they were missing two guys for the Buffalo game. Um, that they, they're still going to be out this week. It wasn't a huge factor in the Buffalo game, but what I think people need to realize is that I picked the Bills last week. But if I was being, if I looked at really what the Bills have done recently, I should have known better. The Bills have not been good for a minute, and if you look at them even ranked defensively, what they do against the pass, it's been getting worse. So, like, if I'm looking at that and I'm looking at all right, what did Cincinnati have to do against Buffalo? I look at a Buffalo team that truly regressed. I see what you're saying. And I look at a Buffalo team that hasn't really played anybody. I mean, this, this is a team that gave up, what, 31 points to the Dolphins, 23 points to the Patriots, even though that was that last week before the playoffs. You had the cancel game against Cincinnati. Cincinnati was beating that ass before, right. um, before the game started, right? Um, and then they played, what, the, the Bears? So it's like it, it, the Buffalo Bills haven't really been tested. So I see. I look at that and I'm like, Cincinnati, if they get hit in the mouth right, one defense. You saw with Chris Jones, right? If if you mm-hmm. can start rattling those cages with uh with Joe Burrow, all you got to do is do it a few times and keep this as an offensive slug slugfest. Here's what I'll say: This game is going to be dynamite. I, I'm both so these both gonna these games are going to be great. I'm very excited for this championship weekend. I just wanted to point out one stat, K dot, because I was looking at it last year, and I was very interested. I'd done an analysis on average team passer rating on offense mm-hmm. and how many of those teams made the playoffs i want to say 10 out of 12 or out of 14 or whatever it was were in the top 14 right so if you were to just say okay these 14 teams make it and you were to just blindly guess on a statistic which one to look at if you chose average team passer rating you're right 10 out of 14 times that's crazy mm-hmm. if you look at it this year the final four right kansas city Cincinnati, San Francisco, Philadelphia, four of them, all four are in the top five 
one, two, three, and five. So when we look at building for our team, the Washington Commanders, it is we we played the play GM game. It is very important that you get your structure right. Your offensive coordinator, your quarterback, and obviously you want the offensive line to be able to run everything. I just wanted to point that out as a pretty mind-blowing stat yeah. at what a insane indicator just one statistic can be for success. No, totally understand. All right. Well, let's move over to the comment mailbag, but just to quickly conclude, KDOT has San Francisco, Kansas City. I have San Francisco, Cincinnati uh, for our picks this week. And yeah, let's go ahead and move over to the comment mailbag. I have bets on every combination of money line. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) You're making money somehow. Um, All right. So let's jump over. We got two from Mick G, the second. The first one. What's up, fellas? What's up, Mick? What's up? Really appreciate the comment there. And then the second one, Shermer and Ben Johnson, your thoughts. So uh, Pat Shermer, of course, has not been coached the last season. But before that, a very well-respected coach in the league. Um, I'm not as high on him, nor do I think if he took an entire year off of coaching, would he want to come here necessarily? There are 13 OC positions available right now, which is a ton ton of positions. I think he's going to go to a place with a little more stability. Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator. You know how I feel about him, Kato. I think he's a genius. I think he's yeah, a stud. Totally. He is staying in Detroit as yeah. offensive coordinator, which I think is very smart, honestly, for him. Um, what What are your thoughts on Pat Shermer? Pat Shermer is one of those picks that makes sense compared to what it is that Ron Rivera has said, the philosophy of the team and what he wants to be. Um, mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who has a lot of experience, and I actually think him taking a year off works in his benefit in the sense of this is not going to make or break him. Like after what happened at the tail end of the New York experience there for him and out up and down that where he was head coach, scenario, yeah. where he was head coach. It was a little weird. But then outside of that, what well, you had the two years as offense coordinator in Denver. And um, I mean, that second team, I guess, overperformed compared to what it is the second year. They were performed compared to the talent level that they had on offense. Um, I look at a guy who has a lot of experience calling plays that understands and knows at least to some degree how to work with some of these young quarterbacks quarterbacks that don't necessarily aren't the most talented quarterbacks um i think it makes sense i'm not like to me it's along the same lines as like the ken zampies or um uh, a darren bevel or any of the other Mm -hmm. daryl daryl bevel uh any of the other guys or studsville who's probably my top reasonable pick for us it just makes sense to me like I, i understand it i i don't think it's a terrible idea at all Fair enough. Um, it's not exciting. It, it's not. It's not. But, the, but I don't think that we should be looking for exciting this offseason necessarily. Like, I, like to me, it's. I think more... we may as well because we don't know how long it's going to last, right? Uh, I don't know. If you get man. exciting, right? It's great. And if you don't, well, we sort of knew it was probably just going to be a one year thing anyway. Yeah, but exciting could also lead to if you're, especially what happens in Washington, is you're exciting enough to get another year when you don't necessarily need a year. Okay. You're exciting enough to now we have more question marks going into the following year, maybe with you. It sounds like or, you're describing the Wizards. <laughs> no, the Wizards. There's just no like the mediocre. There's no that, excitement whatsoever. Yeah, actually, but, I take that but, back. No, but, I said it, and then was like, you know what? That's not right. No, why, why, the the Wizards are just bad. So the um in a playing spot right now. Again, great. I hate great. it. Fucking I hate great. it. I hate um, it. no, I just I I. Even as we're going through the offseason, I find myself being more along the lines of where I was at the end of last offseason, and it feels like a trap. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would certainly agree with that. Uh, Part of the reason I want to start Sam Howell is because I don't mind it going catastrophically bad. 
right? right. I mean, we, we talk about the 2024 QBs and the draft class over there and how loaded it is according to experts. We'll see how it actually turns out. Um, there, There's actually not downside to it going really badly. Um, anyway, let's move on to Johnny Otto. Shout out, Johnny. Appreciate right. the comment as always. Whoever Ron chooses, they have to run a similar offense. We can't spend the next two years learning a whole new system and terminology. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. Um, and it does make me rethink the Thomas Brown thing because, yeah, you probably do. And that lends itself to Ken Zampese, who we've talked about probably yeah. being the front runner because he knows Sam Howell. He knows the building. He knows the players. And that's why I think that's going to end up being the case there, KDOT. I brought that up as soon as Scott Turner got fired. I was like, look, we wanted this to happen, but did we want this to happen? Because now you have Sam right. Howell potentially going on in the following year, learning a second system, and then you mm-hmm. have to kind of throw everything that he learned. Like, he did learn some things, right? But you want to see him build off the foundation he had from his rookie season, unless you're throwing the rookie season out the window. So now he looks like a rookie again this year, and you don't know where you have going into year three because there's been two systems already potentially looking at a third. And it's yeah. like, okay, I just want to know where it is that you are. I need to Correct. figure out the variables, right? So it makes sense to me to keep things as boring as possible from last mm-hmm. year to this year, the main concern I keep trying to stress, Scott Turner's scheme isn't shit. He was just a bad play caller. And Fair that, enough. to me, it makes sense if you bring a Kansas piece. Like It's not exciting, but it makes sense. Okay. Yeah, no, I would fortunately agree with that. Not exciting, but makes sense. Uh, then we move on to Vindo. Shout out Vindo, who is now, I think, a regular in the District Divided nice. family. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate the analysis of the QBs for the draft going a little off topic. Did you hear about what RG three said about admitting he should not have played in the divisional round after getting injured against the Ravens? I personally never thought the day would come to be quite frank with you playing along with that. What your dark horse team for Lamar? Cause I don't think the Ravens will give him the best offer. I think that a franchise tag situation like Le'Veon bell, not saying he'll end up like him where he just sits out that year is entirely possible. All in all, it will be interesting to see. So first off, I did see the RG3 tweet where he did express regret in playing that game against Seattle, saying, hey, shouldn't have. And if you think about it from RG3's perspective, it makes sense, right? You see the rest of his career after that. And it was never the same. We had all in for week one after that. And a lot of it to me was self-inflicted. But yeah, I could, I could understand the regret there. I understood it. I appreciate him saying it, yes, especially I did because too. it was for Lamar's sake. Um, that entire end of the RG3 era here in Washington, if I think about it too much, it makes my brain hurt, and I mm-hmm. don't know who to trust, including Kyle Shanahan. Because I look at that situation from the very beginning. The owner, Dan Snyder, wanted RG3. The head coach in the offense quarter did not want him. They drafted Kirk Cousins anyway. There is a certain level of we don't really get – there is a certain level at which you can understand, and there were some people that were saying this. I don't know if it's true. I don't want it to be true that the Shanahan's thought of RG3 is disposable because it wasn't their, their guy anyway. So right. let's get as far as we can with him, and then fuck it, we're going to Kirk Cousins anyway. Then you had somebody who was bullheaded in RG3. When you hear the story of Mike Tomlin talking about when Ryan Clark and he knew you're not fucking playing, should have been the same thing that came from our head coach and everything, the moment they saw the way he looked out on that field – RG3, you're a fucking rookie. You're not playing. And that yes, is always that something that bothered me about yeah. the entire situation. All the more reason I can't wait for another owner. Uh, as for Dark Horse team for Lamar Jackson, they're, I got it. 
Go ahead. But go ahead. No, you go. You go. You well, go. I was going to say reports are coming out that the Atlanta Falcons seem to be the front runner over here. And so the more I think about it, the more that makes sense. I mean, he would be going from the AFC to the NFC. That's one. Two, if you look at that division, it makes all the sense. It is there for the taking. It is there for the taking. It makes all the sense of the world. Uh, Carolina just hired Frank Reich as their head coach. I don't know how I feel about that after the job Steve Wilkes did. There's a lot of opportunity in Atlanta right now. A lot. Drake London was a first-round pick who had a pretty solid year. I like that Falcons team as a bit of a dark horse. There. Was it Wilkes what do you in think? Carolina? Wilkes was in Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, and he did, a to me, a spectacular job turning that entire situation around Everyone was playing for each other. Carolina was hot for a while there. Yeah, no, they, they, they look good. Yeah, they Steve look Walsh good. Gets, Steve Walsh is getting fucked left and right. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, he handled it so well on Twitter as well, but you, you got to feel for the guy because he did a spectacular job. Um, and then Frank Reich, who, I mean, he didn't do well in Indianapolis, frankly, all of a sudden has another head coaching opportunity. Uh, but yeah, the, would you, the, let's the talk Atl- about it. I didn't know that people are talking about Atlanta Falcons. It's been sort of my, uh, it's been like my secret thing. Okay, well, I guess so. I guess so. They must have gotten in your brain and gone. You know what? Great idea. The Atlanta Falcons have been building something. Um, And I I think people don't quite understand what it is they've been doing. They've been spending draft picks on offensive linemen going back a few years now. Guys that they're developing, guys that they're starting to fold in and bring into a system, right? They Mm -hmm. spent a lot of money on weapons. Drake London, even though Calvin Ridley's gone to Jacksonville right now, they got something back for him. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, in yes. my opinion, the most athletically Pitts, gifted fucking uh you have uh what the the the, the well, running Patterson's a freak could be more of a uh a Debo Samuel type with the right guy and doing things as far as the run uh RPO. And not to mention having another black mobile QB in Atlanta. To finish what Vic started, the, the storylines fucking magnificent. awesome. Yeah, Lamar is loved in this city. I love having Lamar in Baltimore. Atlanta would flock to that fucking dude because he is he is perfect for that mentality. That's it, it. He is perfect in every sense, right? Yeah. Of what Atlanta embodies culturally as well. Like, it, it just it would be an awesome fit. They have all the opinion. cap space in the and who world. is in the NFC that is scaring you truly. Right. So like Atlanta can make run after run after run with this guy. It could be yep. super interesting. Um, so anyway, that's what that's what experts are saying. I'm um, including KDOT in there. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening. But yeah, we, we both think the Atlanta Falcons are the dark horse there. They were 15th um, in points this year. That has plenty of room to improve in middle of the pack with Mariota. Like not bad. Um, all right. Let's move on to blood clot. Shout out blood clot. Oh, gee. I really liked Hustle as well. It had a Rocky-type feel to it. But instead of chasing a chicken, they were passing a ball through a large tire. That is true. Uh, On our draft prospects, I read an article on potential picks. They, of course, went over offensive linemen and corners as the top two choices. But third intrigued me. Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame. The comparisons to Gronk started popping up, and I know writers always do that to any first-round tight end, but they say he is a legit, complete tight end meaning he can catch and block well. And all of our tight ends had trouble blocking the season. That is 100% true. I think KDOT was ready to fucking kill himself over the blocking that the tight ends did this season. Uh, Maybe this is what we need to help our line. Then solidify the line with picks later in the draft or in free agency. You think about Chris Paul, seventh round pick, who 
had a very nice game at the end. If you were to extrapolate that, that's unfair. But if you did, you know, that's how fans think. Um, I mean, when was the last time we picked a good tight end in the first round? Never. 6'4", 265 pounds. All the good teams now have an excellent tight end. Kelsey, Goddard, Schultz, Kittle. They may not be first-rounders, but they might as well be. They're all game-changing players. When you have a tight end that can block and run routes at a high level, it opens up the playbook immensely. What do you guys think? KDOT, let's start with you there. I am so fucking on board with this. You have no idea. So that is something that I've been looking at because I know we're starting to get we're getting more questions about the draft. So I started doing at least a little bit Mm -hmm. looking into and I hate Notre Dame with a fiery, raging, burning fire. I grew up a Boston College fan. So fuck Notre Dame Um, and Rudy sucks. Uh, (laughs) 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 Look, tight end for us means so much. The position was not okay this year. The best the the guy that looked the absolute best for me was Rogers. This this yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. like by far Mario right? Rogers, yeah. But when you think about what the tight end's supposed to do, for a young quarterback, your safety Mario valve. Rogers. Your yeah. safety your safety valve. The guy that you can check the ball down to because he's usually not being covered the same way that the wide receivers are. And usually you can get something quick. Also blocking how many times did you see a tight end or a wide receiver or something trying to pick up or put some sort of pick on a DN and it get blown the fuck up and mm-hmm. put pressure on a quarterback's face? We need it so bad. And if you're, you're sitting there at the first pick and you got a guy like Michael Meyer right there, a dude that's supposed to be like a generational talent, I don't walk. I run to go do it. Is it Mayor or Meyer? Because for some reason, I think it's Meyer. It's but it's Mayor. Spelled, uh, I is, call is it Mayor because it's like John Mayer. I know, but Michael Meyer, you think about, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Well, Meyer, Meyer's M-E. Mayer's right. M-E-Y-E-R. Yeah, M-A-Y-E-R. Um, yeah, I clearly added myself as not watching and any Notre Dame. Maher, who's with an H. Legend. A y. Legend. Good for him making those two kicks, by the way. His career was on the fucking line there. Um, He's a cowboy. Fuck him. As for me... Blood clot, I'd have to think more about it, to be totally honest, Uh, just because my general philosophy on taking a tight end in the first round, um, I wouldn't really do it unless the guy is truly special. And I don't know enough yet about Michael Mayer to be able to say that he is truly special. I remember seeing Kyle Pitts and going, oh, my God, K-Dot, you got to see this guy. And all of a sudden, we were both like, holy shit, this dude's unbelievable. Um, If Mayer's got it in him then I don't see why not. All you're trying to do is make your football team better. And if you're able to do it, you're able to do it. Um, this isn't like the running back position where the league has definitely gone the way of you can, they are replaceable. Unfortunately, it sounds fucked up to say, but like you see guys in the seventh round or undrafted come in and can average four to five yards a carry. And it's like nothing changed, you know? So tight end is an interesting one for me though. So I'm going to have to think more about it. I I would still lean corner or O-lineman. I would still lean corner, honestly. Uh, But we'll see how we'll see how my mind goes as I learn more about Mayor. I appreciate the shout out there. I think it'd be a travesty not to draft one because it is a a fair. I I, would agree. I like a lot of the guys like Darnell Washington from Georgia. Fucking dope to have him. Like I I, there are a lot of guys right now that I would. Is that dude a freshman or sophomore, by the way? Darnell? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm going to look it up right now because I am curious about that. Because he is, oh, he's a big boy, isn't he? The six seven dude. Yeah, six seven, like, like two seventy. Oh no, he's a he's a junior. He's a junior. Yeah, he's a junior. Yeah, six seven. My God, 
Um, so insane catch radius, can block his ass off, great in run blocking. George has been amazing. Oh, dude. Uh, so when you search it on Google, a bunch of pictures of Darnell Washington, but then it's ESPN and it's this small little box and it's this just white dude. <laughs> and it says Darnell Washington stats news. <laughs> That's definitely not him. Um, and then the last comment, which was, I mean, shout out DJ Turner. Um, phenomenal comment because you were a hundred percent correct. DJ goes and we appreciate the comment. DJ giants are going to, unfortunately in parentheses, this is a Vikings fan get rolled. They had an unbelievable offensive performance against the Vikings, 31 points on only seven drives due in large part to their ability to exploit soft zone coverage and Jones being able to climb the pocket and scramble for yards. The design QB runs did not do much damage. Vikings cornerbacks cannot play man. Eagles are great at it. Vikings couldn't get pressure up the middle, but the Eagles will. You see the 38 to 7 score. You see how the game played out. DJ, take a bow, son. That is a phenomenal comment. Should have listened to you and not Amit. Yeah. Oh, that, by the way, always listen to DJ over me. So whenever you see a comment from DJ, feel free to then write in the comment section, KDOT. I'm changing my pick back to Philadelphia. You are able to do that. So, DJ, if you want to help, uh, KDOT out here. You are welcome Please to do. do so. Um, anyway, guys, this was District Divided. That was the comment mailbag. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you're still with us after that absolutely ridiculous Demar Hamlin conversation we had. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please like the video. Please share it. Please subscribe to the channel. It helps us a lot. Click the notification bell and comment as you always do. We really appreciate the comments and interacting with you guys. Oh, and check out my new podcast. Plug it. Um, yeah, it should be coming out. Uh, this comes out on Friday. I'm recording it today. It should be out this weekend. What's it called? Um, uh, the Extraordinary Nobodies. Uh, it's me and the guy who's been on the podcast before. Uh, I talk to all the time. Me and Brendan, I'm a buddy, a giant asshole that he is. Uh, we're, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Topic number one, vaccines. We're keeping it spicy, guys. We're keeping it mad spicy. Where can we find this podcast, KDOT? On YouTube. It'll also be on Spotify, Apple Music, things like that. Um, once it's up and loaded, we'll drop a link maybe here in the description from this Yeah, pod. drop it in the description. Here drop it as a separate comment as well, because then it'll get read in the comment mailbag. So we're already promoting it for that. the next episode. I love that. There you go. Um, but yeah, after the pod begins, right now. The Extraordinary... Nobody's. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. You guys, you guys are really, really good together. I remember you guys did the, um, was it the Black Lives Matter episode together? About, uh, police brutality. Police uh, brutality. Police, policing in America. Correct. And that was a phenomenal episode. I appreciate. That. I thought I thought that was spectacular. And how many views did you end up getting on it? Good number. Like thirty, forty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome no, I'm, conversation. I'm it. it was. Uh, it, I was really happy with it. I just look. I if you guys notice, like I I do. All right, here's what it boils down to for me, okay? Mm -hmm. I do two podcasts right now, Dish Divided, which I love doing, and I do another podcast called All Sorts of Sports. Now, All Sorts of Sports. Yeah, oh, you didn't, yeah, that's singing our song. I watch, so, I watch. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, look, if it were up to me, the only sport I'd ever talk about is football and the commander specifically. <laughs> so, like, if I really had to make my pick, right? So, like, when I do all sorts of sports, I can go through. I mean, I have opinions on everything that's happening in sports, but it doesn't. I'm not the guy. I mean, sports betting is kind of changing that. I'm up at night watching basketball, and I shouldn't be. But the um, overall, like, I there are certain topics that I want to cover, but there's not. I'm not hugely into sports as other people are. 
I'm not I'm not up every day. I don't have to watch every game. Even during the football season, when the Commanders game is off, I'm on the road. If they play at one, I'm not watching a four o'clock game rarely ever. Um, right. I got other shit that I want to do. I got movies I like. I like shit that I want to. So I I wanted a and as you can tell, this after the pot segment. As much as I love the Commanders, it's our favorite segment here. It is. I it's love... so much fun to just decompress, relax, and just it's see just where the chill. conversation goes. Now, the only other part of that is that you guys can kind of see when I'm here on this pod, I do 100% hold back on some of the jokes I want to make, some of the comments I want to make, because I care about Ahmed's future. I'm going to keep saying, <laughs> go for it. He doesn't understand. <laughs> He's not ready for that. So oh, yeah, I think I'm more ready than you think. So that's why I'm know right now. So that's why this episode that I'm going to do with this other show, I'm starting with fucking vaccinations because the take that I have is not going to be the take that you think I have. When if you've heard me talk about vaccinations, I think people can change their minds on things. And I think that there's a conversation needs to happen. And I'm excited about talking about shit that I don't really usually have an outlet for. But I do also the sports. I love the other episodes we do. We do these other things called unequal opinions. We talk about movies. Those are fun. Like that. I can see I you light up on shit. those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have more fun with that. It's like also it's a sports week in and week out. I like I love the guys I do the pod with, but it feels sometimes like a chore. Like I gotta, oh, what about this? Why I gotta care about this sport thing that I don't give a shit about? And it can't I think really that's why I appreciate out. I think that's why I appreciate this one also, is because it, it's very much a let's quickly run through the news real quick and then let's just go ahead and shoot the shit and see what happens. And it's, it's very, very enjoyable for that reason. I appreciate that about it. Um, I wanted to say, so you talked about movies and stuff like that. Yes. I saw everything everywhere all at once. Your number one movie of 2022. Uh-huh. I saw it. I didn't even know. Cause you were even like, you just got to see it. Yeah. Um, my sister recommended it to me also. I have a very high respect for her movie opinions as well. And so I was like, if KDOT and my sister are mentioning, shout out Nandani, um, if they're both mentioning this movie, it must be seen. It's that simple. Went into it not knowing anything about it. Um, Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I'm not even going to attempt to explain what I saw. But it was incredible. It's what a movie's supposed to be, is what I'll say. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for the recommendation. And thank you, Nandani, for the recommendation. Loved it. It's one of those movies that stick with you. And that's what I love about it. I I've I own it. I watch it quite a few. I at least start it a bunch of times. <laughs> like I, I like yeah. as far as successfully getting through the entire I think I'm at four, four or five, something like that. But um mm-hmm. I it's I, I adore the movie. I don't love the fan base of the movie as much. Um, mm-hmm. It feels very, I think I might have said this here, it feels very Rick and Morty, yeah. which um, I am a huge Rick and Morty fan. I don't admit that out loud to most people anymore because mm-hmm. with the fan base and then also Justin Roiland and right. I have connections to somebody with that. And um, so I feel awkward even saying that. But the, the, the idea is that I can quietly be a fan of something because of the toxicity within the fan base that want to scream at you that if you don't like this, you're a dummy. I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's all bullshit. I, I think people that are doing that are just attention seeking and that's all there is to it. Which you're is allowed to enjoy something and allowed to not enjoy something. That's totally fine. Which is what scares me when it comes to everything all at once at the Oscars, because I do think that the fan oh, base okay. for this movie have been kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, now it hasn't hurt uh, Michelle Yeoh and um, Key. Uh, I, I always fuck his name up. 
the 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 lead his her husband in the movie. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why I can never. Remember. I, I know who you're talking about, but yeah, hold on. I can also pull it up if you want. Me he, to. Uh, I forget his. Did you hear me type? By the way, this is good to know moving forward. No. Perfect. That is awesome. Kiway Kwan. Yeah. Kiway Kwan. Yeah, I I don't know the proper pronunciation. I think it's Kiway Kwan. I was also presently surprised to see both Jenny Slate and Jamie Lee Curtis in it. I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty random. Um, but it was really fun. And how do you, is it, is it Stephanie Sue? Sue? Is that her? Sue? Sue? I think it's Sue. Phenomenal. Um, oh my gosh. Like some absolutely. of her facial expressions. She oh, was a revelation. So and good. The yeah. second time I've ever seen her in a movie. Most people don't even remember the first time they saw her in a movie. Um, or at least the first time, like really, really wide recognition in the movie. She's in Shang-Chi. Okay. Um, she's, Which have I you, obviously have, you seen? have, not, have seen. not seen. No, okay. no, no. I, I, I just literally pretend that 2023 is the first year I started watching movies. I've seen <laughs> Hustle. I've seen everything everywhere all at once. And for the your sake, assume I've seen nothing else. That's fair. So she's in Shang-Chi. She plays um, uh, Shang and uh, Aquafina's friend. The one that's like, telling them they need to get their life better. I do like anything. Aquafina. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan. So the, the <laughs> my sister, my sister got me hooked. I like Aquafina. I she's small doses. Fair she's enough, on my, fair she's enough. On no, my no, Kevin it's not Hart. someone I could tolerate for like. It's like hours. the Kevin Hart list. Like if you, if you give me more than an hour, Kevin Hart in anything, I'm like, that's enough. I'm I'm good. I'm good. You got friends like that, right? Like they're just of course, too much energy. of course. You need like, you need kind of... certain ones. You need in small doses. Nothing right, wrong right. with that either. No, they're great for what they're great, but it's like I I just can't deal for with the this. role they serve in your life. Is that what you're it's, about to say? Yeah. For any, like no, they're great as people. It's just I can't deal with too much of that. And too much mm-hmm. anything make it's not necessarily good for you, right? Everything in moderation, K dot. Everything. Everything. Not everything. There it is. But everything should be, but I don't necessarily moderate. I like that. Everything should be in moderation. Yeah, but not not everything. It's a good general guideline. But I, but speak that uh, Stephanie and Jamie Lee both nominated for best supporting actress in the Oscars, which mm-hmm. is huge. Two people from the same movie. Um, I I think I sort of I started getting the inkling that Jamie Lee was going to be nominated. I was still kind of surprised by it, but I am just elated for Stephanie. Um, getting the nomination. Also, Brian Tyree, hey, Brian Henry Tyree, Brian Tyree Henry. I always is get that? his fucking name confused. Um, he is uh, an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he have you is watched Atlanta? In- I have watched Atlanta. Yes, he's Paperboy. Oh, I love Paperboy. Okay, so Brian Tyree Henry has been a dude that has been sort of below the radar for a little bit cranking out fucking next level performances and he does it so subtly he's the best part of the eternals the marvel movie that everybody fucking hates he's mm-hmm. amazing he was the one bullet train right i remember seeing the first 20 minutes uh, bullet train. he's hysterical in that he's great in bullet train yeah um and he, but he did a um he he had a, yeah he was in widows which was dope mm-hmm. um uh uh boardwalk empire i think he had a bit part there but um where a lot of people knew from an artistic standpoint is the uh, steve mcqueen no it was uh if bill street could talk okay um who directed that barry jenkins he's great in that movie and he got overlooked as far as the oscars go so this feels like they're making it up for him because he's in a movie called causeway which is on apple plus if you have it starts uh, jennifer lawrence vehicle 
Um, okay. I really appreciated that movie. I thought it was a damn good movie. Um, I, I just, it wasn't the career turn that Jennifer Lawrence needed, even though I think it was, I think it, it could have done it if more people saw it. But I don't mm. think people watch stuff on Apple Plus. I, I just wanted to, um, I wanted to change gears. It's still, it's still in just like general media that you can consume, stuff like that, TV shows. Um, what is the best TV show ending like the best episode to wrap up a show that you've ever seen oh because i just saw a show it's an anime called mob psycho 100 um and i watched the finale on tuesday and i watched it not knowing if there was going to be an additional season i just sort of knew it was the season finale and it hit me this morning while i was in the elevator actually where I thought about it and I was like, wait, holy shit, there shouldn't be another season. I think that was it because it was perfect. The more yeah. I thought about it, I was like, wait a minute. There's there's one very subtle scene where I said that actually wrapped everything up and I didn't even notice. And then I looked it up because I was like, you know what? Reddit tends to be pretty good about when this stuff like, you know, when it's adapted by the manga, is it done? Like, you know, stuff like that. And I searched it on Google. There is not going to be another season. It actually was the finale, and it was, in retrospect, an absolute masterpiece. Wow. Incredibly well done, the way it wrapped up, and I didn't even notice until three days later. It was incredible. That's that's dope. That's really dope. Yeah. I did start uh, Invincible. Mm, yes, fun. I just, I'm on Very episode fun. one. I literally just started not too long, uh, like a couple days ago. But that's ongoing. Um, Best TV finale, best TV ending. Uh, like Mash, series finale. Mash okay. is incredible. Okay. Uh, six Feet Under. Oh my God, is the last episode of Six Feet Under incredible? Yeah. Um, I appreciate the ending of The Wire. I'm looking forward I to seeing it. Don't love season five. Um, <laughs> is that the newspaper one? Everyone calls it the yes. newspaper one. The newspaper, okay. The newspaper Everyone newspaper calls one it that. that. Yeah. The newspaper one's rough. I'm a huge fan of the ending of Lost. The only thing that okay. ruins Lost is a show that I rewatch every three years or so. I go okay. back and because it's a it's a fucking commitment. Um, <laughs> the only thing with Lost is that there's an episode. It's not the penultimate episode, I don't believe, but I think it's like three episodes from the end. That is one of the worst episodes of TV I've ever seen in my entire life, which always sort of impacts the way I'm feeling going into it. Mm -hmm. um, but I will give you the finale because these are all my runners up to what actually to me was the best ending I've seen in the show that blew my mind. Um, it was recommended by a friend of mine's girlfriend and I mm -hmm. marathoned it uh, last year. The Good Place. Hmm. The NBC comedy yeah. with uh, Kristen Bell and uh, Ted Danson. That's the one where she's probably supposed to go to hell but accidentally gets admitted to heaven. Is that right? Yes. Okay, I've seen a few episodes of it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought the finale of that show was perfect. Okay, I have no criticisms for it at all. Um, I understand there are. I have had conversations with people about it since I watched it, and um, you can get different things out of it. I know some people were angry with the ending of that show, but mm. I really do think it is perfection. Oh, also, I, I can't not mention this promise. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, I want to be clear. So Mob Psycho 100, I think is a very, very good show. I think it's a great show. I don't think it's the best thing I've ever seen, but I will say just specific to this question. I, I checked and normally on Reddit, there's someone that's pissed off. 
Always. zero people upset with the wow. way it ended. They were like, that was wow. genuine perfection, everybody. And so that is one of those things. It's not even up for debate amongst fans, amongst non-fans. Those that saw it went, wow, well done. Thank you for that show. It was so, incredible. Yeah. So, so I've never every, seen a reaction to something like that. Every know? ending I think that I named was controversial, except there for there was Six no Feet controversy here. Six Feet Under wasn't controversial because everybody knew when they were watching it. Holy shit, we'll watch them. And they stayed okay. true to who they were. But the I I the good place to me. That show had no business being as good as it was. I, and I really did enjoy what I saw. I don't know why I saw it. Yeah. The thing is, I'm not a network TV guy. At yeah, all. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not... These days with stuff Netflix is putting out, HBO is putting out, like it's so much better. So than just watch the stuff. entire series on Hulu and pretended it was never on TV um, was good for me. <laughs> and being able to watch it all the way through because I started watching, I think it was like a month after the finale. And mm-hmm. I was never in any conversation with anybody about a good play, the good place. So I was able to get through it. But okay. I remember watching that finale. I might want to pop it on again at some point today. Just crying, mm. but happy. Yeah. Like if you can make me feel those two things, like a sadness, but also a happiness and an understanding and acceptance. Yeah. And as someone who's experienced a lot of loss and grief in their life, um, it was a hell of an adult way to handle it. Damn. Okay. Well, not you got me intrigued. I I'm very curious to see how the good place. How many seasons of the good place are there? I don't know. It all blended together. Okay. Because I literally, I'll assess, I, I, I'll assess the commitment level, bro. When I, you know me, uh, like you saw how long it did it take me to get through Attack on Titan. That's true. I, I like I treat it like a job if I'm going to do it. Fair enough. Fucking go ham. Speaking like, of, did you see the new trailer drop? And did you see that they're splitting? Season four, part three into two parts. I cannot stand this fucking show. It is so annoying <laughs> how long they have drawn this out. But this, to me, has the potential to be one of the greatest shows ever, depending on its ending. I'm going to have to go back and watch some more of it uh, and watch it before the new season. I did not see a new trailer. I saw what I thought was a teaser trailer a few months ago. I would honestly, if I were you, yeah, so it's a 30-second trailer. They dropped it. The new season starts March 4th. Holy um, shit. Yeah, they... They were just like, yep, we're just going to go ahead and start that. Yeah, I might have to start my rewatch. Yeah. Um, I think it's brilliant for people. And once again, please no spoilers on the manga stuff and stuff like that. Um, But it's something you can show to other people because it doesn't give anything away. And it is creepy. Like, it is a really, really good. I showed it to my sister and she was like, holy shit. Okay, I'm going to check that out. Like, I- I'll send it to you after this. Um, 30 yeah, seconds. Just, brilliant. Did- I did find it. it's a good place. It's four seasons, 53 episodes. And I was totally oh, that's wrong. not bad. Okay. I was in a 22 minute episodes. And then, um, not bad at I all. Also. Yeah. yeah. I was two years late. <laughs> it <laughs> ended two years before I watched this thing. Gotcha. Um, Cause yeah, really after I've been watching it, the only people I've been watching, I'm talking about it with. So my friend hated it, mm-hmm. but his girlfriend loved it. So like me and her loved the show and he's on the outside. Like, yeah, I just don't understand man. It's just looking good. Yeah. But he, he has time. Oh. <laughs> oh man but anyway no i'll i'll send you the uh i'll send you like i'm gonna look into the good place that's not nearly as large a commitment as i thought it would be it's just 53 episodes i mean you know watch one every now and then i'll finish that no problem 
It's a it's good place. It's a good damn show. And the uh, the writer for it was a dude that did um Christian Bell's uh, hilarious too. Christian Bell's awesome. Um but he he did uh The Office. He wrote a lot for The Office. He wrote a lot love for it. Parks and Rec and he co-created Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah, I'm going to love the show. Um isn't what's his it's not Ted Danson. What yeah. uh it is Ted Danson. Right. Uh-huh. He's the older guy that like does he manage heaven? Is that his Don't want to give that away. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Good place. That show takes twists and turns, bro. I'm looking forward to it. And this I, is on... I, I really don't understand why the show is as good as it was. I, I don't understand. This is Let on me... Hulu, right? I think it's on Hulu or Peacock, one of them, whoever has the NBC show. It might even be oh, on yeah, Netflix. It'll definitely be on Peacock. Um, But okay. I think with enough years that have gone by, I don't know who owns rights to what or where they're distributing. All right. Well, I'll check I it out. I think I watched it on Hulu, if not mistaken. All right. Well, I got to call it here. This has been a hell of an episode. Really appreciate you guys for listening. Really appreciate you, KDOT. Um, and we will see you guys after championship weekend. DJ, mm-hmm. please drop your picks so that we can all make some money. That yeah, was a hell of an please, analysis dude. on the Giants-Eagles game. Help us see out. You guys. Losing please. Money. Tons of money. Please. Make us money. In D.C., we're just hoping that you listen. 